my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey there, Fuller Tanner Gibbler fans. How's everyone doing today? Well, if you guessed by the opening, today I'm going to be doing a special Full House episode in honor of a Fuller House cast member's birthday. Yes, in honor of Elias Harger, who plays Max Fuller, DJ's middle son. His birthday is on October 22nd. I thought, you know what? I've been doing special episodes for the Full House cast members. And Elias just happens to be the next one up for uh, the birthday episode. So I decided, like, you know what? What Max-centered episode could I do? And I thought, well, there is one from Season 1. Season 1, Episode 5, in fact, entitled Mad Max. This episode dropped on February 26th of 2016, along with the rest of the first season of Fuller House. In this episode, when an old friend whisks her away for a concert and after hours fun, Stephanie realizes just how much her nephews mean to her. Kimmy also finds a date for DJ via a dating website. So basically what happens... It is also about Stephanie and her friend taking her to Coachella and Kimmy also going on a dating website to get DJ out there and meeting guys and stuff like that and going on dates. But also, it's about Max, who has a talent show recital. He's trying to play the trumpet and he's not all that good at first and of course one of the well-known advice that has been passed around for generations and years i still want to find out where this advice came from the whole just picture everybody in their underwear advice so <laughs> max ends up putting a pair of boxers, boxer shorts on Cosmo and having him be the audience while he plays. And it's just, it's, it's cute. It's so cute. But Stephanie, while she's being whisked away to Coachella, realizes that her party days are kind of behind her now that she's settled in to living with her sister and nephews and Kimmy and everything, she realizes that she's part of a family again and she enjoys helping the boys out with their problems. So that's pretty much my summary of this episode. So hopefully my voice doesn't sound too bad. I don't think it does because I haven't lost my voice with this cold, but I just, uh, going on a week now with this cold and I feel horrible. A <laughs> uh, lot of sinus pressure. My neck is still bothering me and that has been going on for two weeks. I actually just last night bought a memory foam pillow that I spent like 
$30 on. I definitely did not want to spend more than that. But it's memory foam. And it's just been the first night. It hasn't really... I don't expect it to do any work any miracles in the first night. But um, I also got this other thing, which is like a neck back, like massage wrap that you put on the, you know, back of your, you know, neck and back. And I haven't tried that yet, but um, I'm hoping that that might help. Or otherwise, I'm going to have to see the doctor because it still hurts to turn my neck left and right. And the doctor did prescribe some muscle relaxers. I took a couple of them. It was just for a week. And it just, I couldn't take them anymore because I felt like they are making me kind of wiped out during, because I took them at night and they are making me kind of wiped out during the day. But then again, I think maybe that also could be this cold that I have. But it's just really, and it's frustrating when you're driving. You know, if you're backing up, you got to look behind you left right you gotta look in front of you when you want to turn out onto a road left right and it just my neck is just so sore and stiff it just hurts to really turn it too far so so that's kind of what's going on in my life right now <laughs> find a cold having neck issues um watching Anne with the e on netflix i just ordered the Anna Green Gables series, the books, through uh, Amazon. I'm so... Watching the show, I know that this show is a bit removed from the books. But I really... I'm looking forward to, to reading them. Um, other than that, I'm almost done watching season 7 of Different Strokes, and then I'll be on the final season. I've been watching my DVDs of Different Strokes since, like, March or April of this year, so it's a good show. I really enjoyed watching the characters go through situations, mishaps, and all of that, and watching the kids grow up and get older, so... I'll have to think about what show I want to watch after that. I just actually um, ordered the show, the complete series of Give Me a Break with Nell Carter. I'm really looking forward to checking that out sometime. I also have all of Facts of Life. I have, I just, I'm not sure what show I want to watch next, which I probably won't start a new show until next year, like maybe in January, so... Uh, that's not a podcast show, guys. That's just me watching a show for enjoyment. Um, the next podcast I'm planning on doing in January, it's going to be two times, twice a month. It's the I Left My Heart in Everwood. So I'll be covering the show of Everwood. And basically, if I'm doing it twice a month, then I'm going to be covering season one for all of 2020 and then maybe in 2021 I'll do more episodes by then I'll be done with um Silver Spoons which I finished season three of that and season four of Silver Spoons I'll start covering in January I also want to mention uh, Mad Max has a 7.5 out of 10 based on 528 ratings on IMDb it was directed by Rich Carell, writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, Boyd Hale, written by uh, staff writers Joe Vargas and Paulina D 
Diaz? Because it's spelled just like Cameron Diaz's last name, so. Actually, this is interesting, this uh, Boyd Hale. I'm kind of wondering if maybe that's where they got Steve's last name, Hale. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, we got some trivia. Sweet. In the scene where Max is practicing his trombone with a puppy, the dog is sitting on what appears to be Michelle's bed from the original Full House series. Well, you never know. Maybe. They pulled Michelle's bed. She was not sleeping in that bed. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, think about this. That bed went bye-bye when the girl's room got um, redesigned in Designing Mothers, when Vicky's mother had come and redecorated the girl's room and really, uh, she spiced it up, gave it a nice, colorful, you know, flourish. Little pale blues, pale pinks, stuff that, oh, it's beautiful, beautiful. And I love how they have Michelle's name, how it was spelled out in these big poofy letters. During the Coachella show, when we see the public after Max's performance, you see a Quebec flag Waved in the air, but Coachella is held in California, not Canada, or maybe one of the attendees is Canadian. Well, maybe. I don't know. There's always that. Alright, connections. Mad Max, title reference. The movie Mad Max came out in 1979 and starred Mel Gibson. Soundtracks. Old MacDonald had a farm. Performed by Elias Harger and Jody Sweden. We have a review from Power Mandan, who also does reviews for Full House episodes. 4 out of 10. Ooh, not so good. May 13th, 2019. So that was this year. Warning, spoilers. Here, we have a contender for the worst episode of the season. Kemi puts DJ on a dating site, which she disapproves of. She finds her a date and innuendo happens. Lame the way it turns. Ramona babysits Tommy. Oh, that's right. Ramona babysits Tommy and flushes a diaper down the toilet, which you don't do that. You don't throw feminine products down the toilet and flush them either. That's how toilets get clogged and you got to call a plumber, which is how the DJ date plumber scenario happens, which I'll get to. Max has a trombone recital. Okay, it's a trombone, not a trumpet. Okay, well. <laughs> uh, Stephanie says her scarf is magical and he believes it, but she is called to tour by an old English friend and accidentally takes it. Max's confidence declines. At the concert, DJ gets a hold of Stephanie and she puts the music of the concert on pause and gets Max to play in front of thousands of people. Too fake, tacky, and unrealistic to stay still. The cringe. Afterwards, Stephanie returns to the house and says she would rather be at the Fuller house. She then tells DJ she can't have kids. The only good part in a bad episode. What, that she can't have kids? That's not good. That's bad. But as we know, we're on season four. She's able to have a baby via a surrogate. Kimmy Gibbler, which she had the baby at the end of season four and season five. We get to see that baby and learn the baby's name. We don't know what the baby's name is yet. <laughs> All right. For those of you newbies out there, we got ways to follow along with the podcast. 
You can go to Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, Full House, Fuller House Podcast. Yes, it's a mouthful, but you don't got to put all of that in. You can just put in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast, and it will pop right up. Instagram, OMHC, Full House, Fuller House Pod. Yes, that's a mouthful. I'm sorry. Um... Twitter is OMHC Full House. And if you guys want to send an audio clip of your opinions on past or future episodes, I would love to hear from them. And you. I would love to hear them and you. So if you guys want to do that, I will put the email in the description. And the email is. Where did it go? Where did it go? It was just here a second. Here we go. <laughs> O-M-H-C-F-H-F-H-Podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. Let's get into this episode. Let's wish Elias a happy birthday on the 22nd. Which, that's when I'm going to release this episode. Is on um, Tuesday the 22nd. Which is also... I think that's Pam's... My grandma's birthday, guys. My grandma's birthday is the 20th of this month and she's gonna be 91 last fall she had a 90th birthday celebration and was really good you know my dad was there and it's just wow um the 19th which is tomorrow is a really it's a in the world. I can't put my foot on that. Um, it's really a sad day. Um, my mom passed away. It'll be 17 years ago tomorrow. And then my grandpa also passed away on that same day, October 19th, five years ago. So it's just like, oh, October 19th. You always kind of wonder, like, please, no bad, nothing bad, nothing bad, please. Yep, my grandma... Julie, I just called her, I called her Grandma Rash, my um, last name was Rash, um, and, uh, yeah, she'll be 91, um, Pam, who is, was, um, is my dad's, um, girlfriend, or was, um, she has a birthday, I believe, on the 21st or 22nd, I, I think it's the 22nd, I already sent them cards, I've got to be one of the best greeting card, birthday card picker-outers, I've been told. Because I always take my time when it comes to picking birthday cards. I always, and, um, you know, other stuff like that. So. Oh, you want to get the right card that says everything I want to in it. But, all right. Let's watch, let's uh, get into this episode. I'm excited. And I hope you're excited. Alright, so we're opening up the episode in Jackson and Max's room. Stephanie is singing the old McDonald's song while Max is playing on his trombone. And Max is just, it says in uh, subtitles, it says playing off key. It's just, it's not good. So, while he's playing, Stephanie is trying her best not, not to cringe. You know, she wants to be supportive of her young nephew. And he, you know, they end the song and he looks up at her with this big smile on his face like, Did I do it? Was that good, right? That was good, right? And he says, were my quacks quacky enough? 
course, Stephanie's like, oh, I could have, are you kidding me? I could have sworn there was a duck hiding somewhere in this room. So that very night is Max's school recital. And she's like, you are going to basically knock it out of the park. You're going to be the best one there, Max. He's like, hey, yeah, I mean, I may look like I got it going on, but deep down, I'm a wreck. As he goes over to his bed and places his trombone his trombone down. I love how uh, Stephanie's still doing the duck pun. She's like, you're not gonna quack under pressure. And Max is just like, hey, look. How can you joke? This is old McDonald's. Seriously, this is like big time here. Max is really poor. He's got a, such a defeatist av- attitude here. And he hasn't even gone on stage yet. He's like, this could make or break second grade. Okay, so we know that Max is about eight years old. Seven, eight years old. So, Stephanie steps up her game in uh, the ant club here as she talks about this scarf that she has. She said, I wasn't going to break this out, but for a moment like this, I, I feel the need to explain to you that I had a similar experience the first time I DJed in a club. I was terrified. Until she put on that scarf. Oh, come on, guys. We all know she's kind of pulling it out of her hoo-ha here. So, uh... But she is trying to make Max feel better. I mean, Stephanie herself is a middle child. Now, Max is not dealing with any middle child syndrome as of yet. But... Max is, like, all into the story, like, oh, wow, then what happened? And she's like, well, I did a killer set, and then I got a standing ovation. Like, it worked for me, Max. It can definitely work for you. So she bestows the scarf onto Max, wraps it around his neck. He goes over, picks up the trombone, and blows a little fanfare into it. And she's like, wow, that was exactly just like before, Max, but only braver. And she's like, are you feeling it? And he's like, yeah, this thing really is super magic. So he, he's he's getting the confidence just solely based on this scarf alone. So Max does take the scarf off and says, look, I don't need it right now. Can you please keep it safe for me until I do need it? And he gives her a hug. Aw, sweet aunt and nephew moment. I love her nickname for him, Mighty Max. I'm going to play this clip. It's just such a cute aunt-nephew moment, one of many, that she has with all three of her nephews throughout the series so far. Yeah! Are my quacks quacky enough? Are you kidding? I could have sworn there was a duck hiding in this room. You are gonna rock your school recital tonight, Max. I know I look like I got it going on, but deep down, I'm a wreck. (laughs) Ah, Don't worry about it. I'm not going to quack under the pressure. How could you make a joke? This is a McDonald man. It could make or break second grade. Okay, Max. I was keeping this a secret in case you absolutely needed it. But this is my super magic scarf. The first time I DJed in a real club, I was terrified. Until I put this bad boy on. Then what happened? I got super brave. I did a killer set, and I got a standing ovation. 
Of course, the crowd was already standing up, but had they been sitting down, I know they would have stood up. And now, I bestow it upon you. Dun, 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 dun. Are you feeling it? I think I am. All right. Blow that horn, cat. Wow! That, that was just like before, but braver. I know. This thing really is super magic. But you better keep it safe till I need it. Thanks, Aunt Stephanie. Anything for you, Mighty Max. Just so you know, if any of my clothes turn out to be magic, they're all yours. All right, now we're moving down to the living room. We got Kimmy on the couch on her laptop. We got DJ walking in the door with Cosmo, who's a puppy. So, of course, DJ, as she walks in with puppy Cosmo, is complaining about how, as she predicted, she is walking, house training, and cleaning up after Max's dog. I really want him outside walking Cosmo down the street by himself. He's seven or eight years old. I, uh, no, that, no, somebody would have to be with him. So she gives Cosmo a kiss and tosses a tennis ball that goes from the living room to the kitchen. And she doesn't even take Cosmo's leash off of him. Like, take his, he's in the house. Take his leash off. It's gonna get snagged on something. So this is going to be what is, I'm gonna call this one plot C. Plot B, of course, is going to be Stephanie playing Coachella. Plot A is going to be Max and the Recital. So, plot C here is Kimmy putting a DJ on a dating site, making a profile for her, and saying, you already have 32 pokes, 24 winks, and a love letter from a guy in San Quentin, which is a prison. Ew. That guy in San Quentin, of course, wants a date in three to five years. Ew. No. So DJ admits that she's not quite ready to enter the dating scene yet, and she mentions that Steve actually propositioned her for a date, and DJ reveals, like, look, I'm not even ready to date my first love yet, so why would I go out with a stranger? Which is interesting, because Danny kind of had the same situation when it came to, um, season one, what was that episode called? Sea Cruise? Which was, like, episode two or three of season one the girls are off to grandma's and jesse and joey kind of got their own thing about wanting to meet some ladies at a three stooges thing and a marilyn monroe lookalike contest or something to that effect danny of course is like no guys i want to do some male bonding i want to do some fishing and they end up going fishing but lo and behold who shows up but an old flame of jesse's roxana the rock star and her two um backup singers and of course the boat that danny's on is actually being operated by not captain jack but captain jack's daughter caroline and, but anyway, it's just a matter of also Danny's first date, that episode where he goes out with Stephanie's honeybee hive mother, Linda. He makes the, uh, brings up the question whether or not he should take off his wedding ring, which, I mean, if you're going to start dating, that is probably something that is most likely the first step you're going to want to do before you go out on a date. 
But then again, I'm no counselor, so I'm not a love doctor, I'm not a marriage counselor, so I'm not a, a grief counselor either. So everyone can work on their own thing and enter the dating scene at their own pace. Of course, Kimmy's answer to DJ is, you know my motto, the stranger the better. Well, I mean, you are Kimmy, so yes, strange does definitely fit the bill. Apparently, she, Kimmy also set up a profile or something for DJ on glutenfreesoccermoms.com. I'm going to play this clip. This is just, it's cute and, and, and it's funny. It's, it introduces Plot C. I love how Fuller House is making me laugh probably even just as much or even twice as much as Full House did. As I predicted, I am walking, house training, and cleaning up after Max's dog. Oh, you're lucky you're so cute. Huh. Oh, I got lipstick on you. Well, you're a retriever, Cosmo. Go retrieve. Oh, congratulations, DJ. I put your dating profile online a half hour ago, and you already have 32 pokes, 24 winks, and a love letter from a guy in San Quentin. He wants a date in three to five years. I told you, I'm not interested in online dating. Steve asked me to go out with him, and if I'm not ready to date my first love, why would I go out with a total stranger? You know my motto, the stranger the better. <laughs> oh, hey, you're getting a lot of action here on glutenfreesoccermoms.com. <laughs> what did you write on my profile? Wait, <laughs> I'm a neurosurgeon who's also a Victoria's Secret model? <laughs> Sorry, but when you go fishing, you want the smartest, most scantily clad bait. And that's my yearbook photo. With big Photoshop knockers. Actually, those are Channing Tatum's butt cheeks. That's why they look so squeezable. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I get it's online. 98% of people are not going to tell the truth. Well, maybe that 2% of people that probably are actually honest. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Did I do any of those dating-ish mingle sites? Um, I thought I'd done something. It wasn't a membership. It was more like either a, a chat room or a, me a message board where I, like, talk to people and stuff. So... Kimmy, of course, is making these profiles for DJ, who's unaware until now. Just some of the stuff that Kimmy is listing. DJ's occupation. Oh, you're a neurosurgeon. Oh, and you're secretly a Victoria's... Uh, uh, not secret. You're a Victoria's secret model or something to that effect. Like, good golly. So, Kimmy, of course, is the one that is just, like, since DJ's not ready... To get out there, I'm gonna like give the push and get these profiles all set up. And she used DJ's high school yearbook photo, and DJ looks at it and is like, "What? Well, you Photoshop some really big knockers on me, Kimmy?" Kimmy's like, "Oh, well, those are Channing Tatum's butt cheeks, like probably from uh, that movie Magic Mike or Magic Mike XXL." Or <laughs> I. I think I watched some of the first one, and by watched, I meant, like, fast-forwarded through the majority of it. Like, eh, eh, okay, this is pretty much what it is. Guys, on stage, 
taking off their clothes. Women that are throwing money at them and hollering. There is, um, when I was 20 and I was living on my own, I, um, I worked at the video store and the time I would get home probably like 12, 31 in the morning. Of course, that's when I had like basic cable and got, <laughs> don't worry, it's not going down that road. Um, there's always those numbers like, oh, if you want to talk to a cool, like, meet somebody or whatever single people i'm like well what that it's a local number so i'll give it a call so um i ended up like i guess you could leave like a voicemail or a message for somebody or whatever and leave your number and i did and then someone else like that i hadn't talked to i guess had called me and then we got to talking and stuff like that and like talked on the phone and all that stuff but uh so I actually did bring someone with me when I met this person in in person I didn't go by myself and um like eh really wasn't that impressed but we like exchanged letters and stuff and eventually I just kind of broke it off because it wasn't going anywhere like meh I'm moving on so that was my story there about uh um, or not online dating, but, uh, calling those dating hotlines <laughs> that, yeah, you, you mean weirdos and stuff like that. All right, and Stephanie's on Tommy duty as she's giving him his lunch, breakfast, dinner. <laughs> the doorbell rings and Stephanie's like, can somebody please get that? I'm trying to feed Tommy. And she looks at him and is asking, like, do you like these carrots or not? Just give me a sign or anything. And, of course, we cut back to Stephanie's face and a glob of orange goo is, like, right, up, right to the side of her eye. And then we cut back to Tommy who's got his little baby hand gripped around a little baby spoon. <laughs> the kid's got aim on him. So, the 12 year old Jackson answered the door, and we get this girl whose name is Shannon. And of course, Jackson whispers behind his hand to Aunt Stephanie, like, she's hot. And of course, Shannon hears him and kind of pokes him in the shoulder lightly, saying, You are an observant young man. I cannot do an English accent. But, of course, this is a friend of Stephanie's from her days in England and London and all over. So, Shannon is pretty much kind of doing what uh, Pete Bianco, Jesse's friend, did in Full House when he came strolling in. This leather-clad biker guy from Jesse's you know, early days of being a musician and just hanging out, playing music and riding, riding the motorcycle. He comes in, he starts kind of making fun of Jesse being, you know, a babysitter, housewife, whatever you want, a housekeeper. Jesse, of course, is like, oh, you don't think that I can keep up with you, really? My days are not behind me. That's kind of what Shannon's doing here with Stephanie. Like, I remember when you used to stay up all night, not going to bed till like 6 a.m., partying, DJing, drinking, all that stuff. 
and Shannon says, well, I looked you up on Facebook, and I saw you were, like, uh, get, changing diapers and giving babies baths and and at some pizza restaurant with rodents who were playing guitars. And Stephanie's like, yeah, that was Chuck E. Cheese. Like, this lady just storms into the house. It's like, I'm going to take you away from all of this baby stuff and kid stuff. Because she's like, oh, this is a cult that you're in. I don't like Shannon. And I'm happy we don't see her again after this episode. But at least she helps Stephanie realize that her best days are definitely ahead of her. Like, what you have here in this house is worth more than any night out on the town at the club. Spinning discs and playing music. Can somebody get the door? I'm trying to feed Tommy. Do you like these carrots or not? aching to get in that limo. Like, come on, the champagne won't drink itself. Of course, DJ comes in and Stephanie's letting her know, like, Mommy and Me class starts at this time. There's uh, laundry in the wash. Also, don't forget, Tommy gets his next bottle at six. And DJ just kind of looks at her like, yeah, I know, I'm his mother. And I like how Stephanie is just really into taking care of the kids and everything and just on, on the schedule. And she even asks DJ, like, I'm not leaving you in the lurch, am I? And, of course, DJ's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. We got you covered. That's all right. I'm like, covered? You're his mother. <laughs> yeah, there's more than enough people to watch Tommy and the other kids. And DJ's like, gosh, I wish I was going with you to Coachella, which I'm not sure what Coachella is. 
Alright, so Coachella is a genre rock, pop, indie, hip-hop, electronic, consecutive three-day weekends in April. Wait, oh, here we go. Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival, commonly called Coachella or the Coachella Festival, is an annual music and arts festival held at the Empire Polo Club in Indio, California, in the Coachella Valley and the Colorado Desert, founded by Paul Tollett and Rick Van Santen in 99. Event features musical artists from many genres of music, including rock, pop, indie, hip-hop, electric da- electronic dance music, as well as art installations and sculptures. It says the festival's origins trace back to a 93 concert that Pearl Jam performed at the Empire Polo, blah, 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 boycotting venues controlled by Ticketmaster. Oh, it was held after the Woodstock 99. Uh, interesting. Okay, that's cool for those that are into Coachella. I mean, I heard of Coachella, like the name, but I didn't know what um was behind it. I think I thought it was like a music thing. So, But now I know more about it. Good. So DJ asked Stephanie when she might be home. And Stephanie's like, oh, Monday, Tuesday. And then Shannon's like, well, what if you mate a guy in St. Topaz or whatever? And Stephanie's like, oh, yeah, you might want to make it Wednesday, Deej. As they get ready to go, the door pops open and who walk in? But Kimmy and Ramona, they've raided the limo. They've raided the champagne. Well, Kimmy has. And, of course, the shrimp. Oh, Kimmy also has a small little hotel-sized bucket of ice, or limo-sized, that Shannon takes with her. And then, of course, Kimmy says, well, joke's on her, I had my feet in that ice. (laughs) Only Kimmy. I like how Ramona is, like, cool in her own person sometimes, but at the end of the day, she is totally a Gibbler child. Taking after her mom, raiding a limo. So, looks like now that Stephanie's gone, DJ's in a jam. She's got to get to the pet clinic. Later on, it's Max's recital. And now, DJ's like, now I have Tommy. Kimmy, can you watch him, please? Kimmy's like, I can't. I have a meeting. But Ramona can watch him. So, of course, DJ says, I want to pay you, Ramona. And Kimmy pulls her phone out and says, oh, yes, we take credit, debit, or PayPal. And DJ is like, Kimmy, I'm not prepaying. And Kimmy says, well, you get double miles. Okay. So now we go up to the boys' room, and Max is like, do you know where Aunt Stephanie is, Jackson? And he's like, uh, uh, she went out of town. And he's like, oh no, that magic scarf. My recital's tonight, and I need it. Jackson's sitting at his desk. I'm guessing he's waxing the bottom of his, or cleaning the bottom of his skateboard. On the wall just behind the door there, there is a setup with like three or four different skateboards with cool designs on the top. This one that he's working on is yellow, but then it's got like splotches of orange, blue, purple, red, kind of like Nickelodeon gack just splattered all over it. So, Max is on his way to Panic Town here as he's like, she's got my super magic scarf and my recitals tonight. I'm about to freak out. And he's like, ah! Jackson gets out and he's just like, okay, Max, calm down. Take a deep breath. And let it out slowly. 
Destin's like, all right, you feel better now, right? And Max is like, huh, that did nothing for me. So Max is like, status update, I'm doomed. And he face plants on his bed. So clearly any confidence most this boy got from his Aunt Stephanie and that magic scarf, boom, out the window, gone. Oh, and here comes the famous advice that's been uttered for centuries, probably. I, I want to look and see where this saying came from, how long it's been in existence. Because Matt Jackson tells Max, listen to your big bro here. You're nervous, I get it. Here is the key solution. Just picture the whole audience in their underwear. I'm going to play this clip. Do you know where Aunt Stephanie is? She's out of town. What? <laughs> she has my super magic scarf. I decided to live tonight. I'm about to freak out. Max, 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 Max. Taking a deep breath. Now let it out slowly. Feel better now, right? That did nothing. technique that Jackson used when he ran for class treasurer and Max is like, yeah, but you lost. And of course Jackson's like, well, yeah, that's because I was picturing all the girls in their underwear and I forgot my speech. <laughs> yeah, well, he is a teenage boy and just the fact that even though this is early on in the show, it's only episode five, um, it's just... Jackson, like, of course he lost. He's Jackson. He's he's goofy. He doesn't really take too much too seriously. So I looked up that phrase, you know, for fear of speaking, picture everyone in their underwear. I really didn't get anything of any origin of when that started or where it started. But I've known about that saying for, I mean, that was even used in full house i'm sure and probably even in other shows before that i'm sure it's even been in in literature too over the years so so now we're moving to the bathroom and ramona's got her tablet just above where the toilet sits and she's got tommy behind her in a little high chair and she's doing a vlog called Ramona's world. Yeah, Ramona's vlogging about babysitting. The, this is cute. So Ramona says, first you need a baby, and then you need parents with money, and then third, well, I guess that's really all you need. And she's holding Tommy, and he's like, oh, she's like, oh, my co-host is experiencing technical difficulties in his pants. Like, he's either pooping or peeing at that moment. Ew. So 
she is going to show everybody how to change a baby's diaper. First tip, don't breathe through your nose. And second tip, do not look directly at what you're doing. Uh, no, you need to watch what you're doing because baby's gonna fall if you're not careful. She's got him on a changing table in the bathroom. So she flushes Tommy's diaper down the toilet. And of course, she also uses this time to spritz herself with a J-Lo perfume that her grandmother got her for Christmas. And now we hear the water bubbling because, of course, you can't flush a diaper down the toilet it will clog it and that's exactly what's happening here but now she's regretting what she did i'm like just get a plunger and see if you can like oh no wait that would push it farther down the thing never mind um <laughs> um yeah it pretty much cuts out from there as ramona says i was never here you never saw any of this now we cut to the boys' room we got cosmo standing on the bed Wearing Max's boxers. So this is Max's visual cues. He's pretending Cosmo is the audience in his underwear. This Max practices on his trombone. Old MacDonald. So DJ comes in. It's like, oh, Max, here's a crazy question. Why is Cosmo wearing your underpants? And Max is like, well, Jackson told me to do this. And she's like, okay, sure, fine, carry on. Cosmo's the cutest puppy! Oh, he is so cute. I just want to hug him and snuggle him and just rub my face right in his fur. <laughs> and looking at Max's bed, it does kind of semi-maybe resemble Michelle's pencil bed, other than the fact that for the bedposts, it does have pencils in place. I love how Cosmo was, like, barking in time to Max playing the trombone. He's probably saying, my ears hurt. Stop making that racket. Now we cut downstairs, Kimmy's walking in with this guy in a tight white t-shirt. His name is Tyler. Kimmy congratulates him for passing the pre-screening. So he's clearly one of the dates that Kimmy is screening for DJ. Now this is an advanced pre-date meeting to see if DJ and he click. And the guy's a cute guy. So this guy is just going based on the information that Kimmy put on DJ's profile that DJ is a neurosurgeon and a Victoria's Secret angel. Okay. This guy does look a little bit like Jensen. How do you say his name? Like, last name? Like Echo Eccles? Eccles? Like, uh, from um, Supernatural. So yeah, Tyler's a little nervous, and now Kimmy's like, yeah, well, I bet she's going to be just as nervous meeting a Navy SEAL slash best-selling romance novelist. Yeah, this guy's lying through his teeth as well. Don't trust the dating pri profiles, guys. Trust me. That, mm, no. It'll lead you down nothing but a road of trouble. I mean, maybe that 1% you might find someone that's truthful, and you'll find the love of your life, but... I wouldn't bake my romantic future on it if I were single and looking. Which I'm not. So the guy's like, oh yeah, maybe we shouldn't talk about work. Like, yeah, because you're a liar. Check this guy out. Alright, Ryan McPartland is his name. And yeah, he's had a pretty lengthy career. This guy was in The Nanny? He was in... Oh, he performer number three. Alright. 
In the short uh, episode of the short-lived show Odd Man Out with Eric Von Detten, if you were a teen girl in the 90s, you probably knew his name from the Disney Channel movies Brink, Escape from Witch Mountain. He was also in The Princess Diaries. Uh, Eric Von Detten was. He was, uh, looks like he was a semi-regular for the show Living with Fran. He played Riley Douglas Martin. He also does some voice work. He was on a show called Chuck as Devin Captain Awesome Woodcomb for 88 episodes. Looks like he was a regular person on that show. He was also in some Hallmark-looking movies. Chance at Romance, Right Kind of Wrong... A Kind of Magic, The Flight Before Christmas, and then he was on Fuller House. He was also on Devious Maids. Looks like he's got an upcoming movie called Twinkle All the Way, a Hallmark Christmas film. Good for him. Aw, that's adorable. Okay, guys, let's get back to the episode. I don't care anymore. Great, I'm happy he's still working. He's making movies. He's making a living. We learn a little something here about Kimmy as she says, well, your profile says that you're 200. She picks him up by his waist. Looks like you're about 207. He's like, well, how did you know that? She's like, well, I used to guess people's weight at the carnival. Interesting. Okay. Maybe that fits in with the whole uh, her parents being acrobats or work for the circus or I don't know. When we actually eventually see the Gibbler house. That just erases... So much of what Full House really put on Kimmy's home life as seeming her parents didn't care about her. They neglected her. It's just like she was always at the Tanner house. So I think Kimmy came from a semi-broken home in my in my mind. Because the ugh. parents are always shipping her off to the Tanners. Sometimes they want her home. Sometimes it's like you can stay away for a while. Go to Disney World. We'll pay for you to go to Disney World. Oh, she didn't work at the carnival. She just liked to go there to pick up guys. Interesting. But this is Kimmy, so I'm not surprised. Now we move to the kitchen. DG's on the phone trying to get the plumber. Like, seriously, you said he was going to be here like two hours ago. Is he actually coming or is he not? And she's like, is this like the cable guy where I wait from 10 to 4 and he shows up at midnight? I don't know what cable company they have, but that would be creepy. No cable guys showing up at midnight. If you are, you can leave and come back tomorrow. Or that's not a cable guy, that's an axe murderer. <laughs> so, DJ walks through the door into the living room and sees Tyler there, just assuming, well, he's a plumber. Like, okay, it looks like he's here, bye. So this episode is really full of innuendos. And she's like, oh, you're here. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm Tyler. You're DJ, right? And she's like, yeah. So are we ready to get started? And Tyler's just looking at her like, uh, okay. <laughs> she's like, all right, let's go upstairs. And he's like, well, don't you want to talk first? And she's like, I don't really want to talk. I just need a man to get to work on my pipes. Like, whoa! And he's like, oh, whoa, that's, wow. Like, in his mind, it's like, this girl is really forward in what she wants. So, wow, this show definitely hits those boundaries. When he's like, wow, you don't waste any time, do you? And she's like, well, I wish I could do it myself. And it's like, yeah, we, from his end, we hear what she's saying and thinking, Wow, but she's more saying, well, if I could, f in her head, if I could fix 
my own toilet and not have to pay you a bunch of money, I would definitely prefer if I could do it myself. So, DJ shows Tyler where the bathroom is. She's like, I gotta get to my son's recital. How long is this gonna take as in fixing the toilet? This guy has no idea that she thinks he's a plumber. He's like, well, I can be in and out in 15 minutes as he pulls off his shirt. And she's like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Then he, to, to his, I, I get it. He's like, well, I figure you brought me into the bathroom so you wanted to start in the shower. Like, <laughs> DJ, eventually you think her mind's going to start clicking like, you're not the plumber, are you? <laughs> Sorry, but if I hired a plumber and you came over and started taking off your shirt, I'd be calling the cops. Now DJ, instead of kind of the gears eventually clicking, she's like, no, I want to get started on the toilet. And I'm sure he's like, what? <laughs> he has no problem. Like, okay, your house, your rules. Finally, she asks the question that she probably should have asked, like, when she met him. Although, she, <laughs> what kind of plumber are you? It took a few steps for her to finally ask this question. Oh, but no, he's like, oh, role play. I get it. Like, <laughs> no. So I like how this humor here is for us adults who grew up with Full House as kids and are now adults who get this kind of humor where young kids... I think this may maybe be a smidge over their heads. Like, yeah, I'm a naughty plumber and you're the lonely neurosurgeon, huh? And the look on DJ's face is like, okay, what? Oh my god. She's almost like, what have I set myself up for? Kimmy comes in with the actual plumber, and we realize this because he's wearing a company shirt with his name embroidered on the front. And he's holding a plunger. So it all makes sense a little, but she still doesn't know who Tyler is. DJ's like, okay, so what? You're the, the plumber plumber? And you're a plumber? And she points to Tyler. Tyler's like, well, I'm a naughty plumber. And Kimmy finally explains, well, that's Tyler. I found him for you on a dating site. Kimmy! Oh my god, this could have ended so badly. He could have murdered your whole family. All of you. Except for Stephanie, because she's not there. Uh, but you don't bring a strange man into your house that you've just met by reading his profile so well this sounds safe come over to my house for the pre-screening for to meet this lady who you haven't met yet who you're going i'm setting you up with oh my goodness you meet at a coffee shop with a buddy so kimmy gives dj the profile info that she got on tyler oh he's a navy seal and he writes those romance books that you buy at the supermarket you know like the harlequin romance novels that are basically smut novels yeah those so dj's had enough like can somebody just fix my toilet please and by toilet i mean my actual toilet and not myself there uh, we find out that there is a plumbersonly.com. 
Oh, Hank says, if you guys are, if you girls are into plumbers, check me out on plumber, plumbersmingle.com. I almost, I said plumbers only. I'm thinking of farmersonly.com. Is that site still even up? I want to check. I looked up plumbersmingle.com. Takes me to WB site. But I looked up plumbers mingle on Google and it comes up with plumbers date. Let me read this here. Plumber date is a website for women who want to date plumbers and for plumbers who want to date women who want to date plumbers. Plumber date, the website for women who want to date. Okay. Um, let's see. Let me click on this. What does it say? Take the plunge. Plumber date is your connection to heartbroken men who aren't afraid to roll up their sleeves when it comes to dating. We're number one and number two. Register now. This sounds really creepy. Yikes. Um, click here for terms of contract. We got a 36-year-old guy sipping on a beer. We got some guy holding a plumber. Uh, we got some guy fixing a toilet with a players. We got some guy leaning against a ladder. Oh. Here's a quote from this person. All my life I've dreamed of dating a handsome, successful, hardworking man. Then I tried plumber date. One out of three ain't bad. <laughs> oh my goodness. Some crazy mottos here. Unclog your heart. Dislikes liquid plumber. This is really gross and creepy. All these guys except for one is where are wearing flannel shirts. <laughs> and this is some creepy weird ugh. Okay, let's get off plumber date. Oh my gosh. Please don't I I didn't do anything to it, so better not send me any. It doesn't know my email address, so. <laughs> Hank looks like such a sweetie. Oh, so DJ just leaves, like, all right, whatever, just work on the toilet. Kimmy's like, so let me guess, you're about two fifty, Hank, and Hank just smiles shyly, like, oh. Now we go to Tommy's bedroom, which I believe is Michelle's old bedroom, and it's really cute. Both the boys' room and Tommy's room are in different, two different shades. Um, Max and Jackson's room is like a dark blue. This is more of a sky blue with a nice little border of uh, what looks like a police car, an ambulance. And there's also a picture of a horse. So I like they kind of kept up. Oh, that does kind of look like Rocket the Horse. A drawing of Rocket the Horse. Oh, oh, I was just thinking, what is is that a metal like a firefighter type thing? Because you know their dad was a firefighter. If you hear any noises in the background, um, Jeremy just got his Cosmo robot thing working again after it sat dormant for like two years. So. Maybe it's even been three. We had to rush out to the store to go and get batteries because the little cube things were that took the batteries. Like they're dead, so he had to like get replacements. I think the only reason he's even playing with that is because I mentioned like, oh, that Cosmo. You haven't played with that in like years, and I like to think I was like the one who gave him the nudge, like play with that Cosmo robot. It's just been sitting dormant. This thing is adorable and makes me think of Wally from the movie Pixar movie Wally. So Ramona is dangling like a little gold 
necklace, circular neck, uh, chain in front of Tommy, just like, you're getting sleepy. Go back to your earliest memory. And, of course, Kimmy is kind of watching at the door, like, what is going on here? This baby is a bouncing happy baby. Just smiles, like, because he's in his little crib. So Ramona says that she's trying to get Tommy to sleep and hypnotizing seems to be the only thing that she thinks might work on him. Kemi brings up a party that she had done for a hypnotist and she says how he tried to hypnotize me and it didn't work. Uh, Ramona just says houseboat and immediately Kemi just starts clucking like a chicken. Wow, I didn't know that was like a trigger word or something that... I don't know. I've never... I want to see if they're hypnotists. So I looked up uh, this hypnotic thing, and I, apparently they do, like, um, shows, or you can request them at a corporate event or a college thing. Um, Eric... How do you say? Canned? He's got a YouTube channel. He's a stage hypnotist. I have to check that out. That looks like that could be really interesting or even just this guy's got a channel so you could even check it out cool all right now we're going to coachella where we got uh, stephanie partying it up she's drinking a little champagne she helped iggy azalea find her contacts lens in the bathroom and for her thanks izzy gave her a hair extension and you got servers, like, walking back with trays of stuff. Stephanie grabs a bottle of sh or, um, a glass of champagne and a lobster leg. So Shannon lets Stephanie know that DJ Unbro Unbreakable went crowd surfing and got dropped, so he fractured his arm. But basically, Stephanie's already got a DJ gig. Good for her. Just by a matter of pure coincidence, because DJ Unbreakable broke his arm. So DJ Unbreakable is like, no, Stephanie, she's not kidding. And this guy's got like a thin leather jacket. He's got a woolly hat on. He's got his arm in a sling. And D uh, Stephanie's all like, oh, well, thank you, DJ Unbreakable. She's grabbing onto his arm. Clearly she learned nothing from the Cutting It Close Full House episode when Jesse came in with two broken arms and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm glad you're home, and she grabs onto his arm. Stephanie, you don't grab people whose arms have been broken and are in cast. That's not what you do. So she just gives, slips a crab leg, I think it's a snow crab leg, or a crab leg into his arm sling. Here you go, have a crab leg. Alright, now we're going to the school. We see an outside shot of the school that's got a yellow poster board sign that says talent show 6 o'clock. Now Max is kind of peeking between the curtains from behind the stage and he is just like, I'm not going out there. After DJ says, Jackson and I will be cheering you on. So he's like, yeah, I need my super magic scarf, but Aunt Stephanie took it. And Jackson's like, well, what about your, that underwear trick I told you? Max is like, well, my puppy was cute, but seriously, there's a bunch of wrinkly old people. I mean, the, the audience is full of them. Jackson looks out 
onto the stage and the audience is like, yeah, whew, that's a lot of granny panties. We pop over to Coachella and we got Stephanie on the laptop playing the music. Everyone is just dancing their full selves off. Stephanie's got her phone up there because it's hooked up to her laptop. DJ texts, DJ now emergency pick up. I'm going to play this clip as DJ explains, Stephanie, you took magic, uh, Max's magic scarf. And Stephanie, of course, has completely slipped her mind. Like, what magic scarf? DJ says, the one that's around your neck. And Stephanie's like, oh, shoot. <sighs> Can you put Max on for me? And we see Max on the phone, and he is just really downtrodden and sullen and just like, Ugh. hi, Aunt Stephanie. I'm so angry. <laughs> He's got the cutest little bow tie and vest. Oh, I love this little guy. I can transfer the magic of the scarf if you touch the phone. I'll hold the scarf up to the phone. He's like, what am I, in preschool? Seriously? Everyone knows you can't transfer magic over Wi-Fi. So she has him play for the audience. She hooks the phone up to the speakers and then the big... Quinn, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? Oh, it's just a reflection of uh, the window or something. Quinn came up here. She's probably tired of hearing Cosmo from downstairs. Not the dog, the uh, little tiny white robot that Jeremy's playing with. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she hooks it up, the phone up to the speaker, and everyone sees Max's face. 
No one's excited that the music's been cut off. Like, what's going on? And Shannon, I don't really like her, but I get that she's like, yeah, DJ Tanner, you rock, and this and that. And everyone's just kind of looking at her. And Stephanie's like, look, guys, come on. He's just a little kid. Just clap for him and chant Max and everything. And finally, it's like, come on, you all were little kids once. This guy needs some cheering up. He needs a confidence boost. They're all like, Max, Max, Max. This reminds me of a Goofy movie when they're all chanting, Max, 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 Max. So he starts playing and it's just, it's really cool. And Stephanie's like, Max, you just played for thousands of people at Coachella. And back at the school, you know, DJ and Jackson are like, look, if you can play for a bunch of people, then you can definitely play a second grade talent show. So he's all cheered up. He's like, thanks, Aunt Stephanie. We're still friends. She, you know, cuts off the phone call. I love these big giant screens that they have. And Max's face is on there and he's playing the tr the, the trumpet. She took the image and everything. It's really cool with all these like shapes and just a really cool like light show thing. It's just really, really cool and just inserts the trombone music into like adding bass to it and all that fun stuff. So it's really cool. Uh, Stephanie comes out after her performance and everyone's like, oh, you were so great. And apparently some guy has invited them to Lake Cabo for, he liked the trombone and stuff and he grew up on a farm. He liked the trombone music. And apparently it's Clooney's birthday. I'm guessing that's George Clooney. So they're going to go hang out. Stephanie wants to call and see how Max's recital went. I'm back to really disliking Shannon now. She pulls Stephanie's phone out of her hand. Like, I pulled you out of that cult and now you're back with your own people. I don't like this at all. Like, no, Stephanie knows where she belongs and it's with her family. If you think about it, Stephanie's the same age I am now. It's like you're partying well into your 30s when you could be... Not everyone has to settle down in their 30s. But at some point, you got to realize what do you really want out of your life? I mean, you had fun in your 20s and stuff, but by the time you're 30, you really should hopefully have a plan of where you're going and what you want for your life. Whether it's being settled down, whether, I mean, maybe if you want to hit the clubs and play this, you know, be on the scene and all that stuff, then, then fine. That's your lifestyle. But I really feel that Stephanie feels like she should be around family and be part of a family and just being in her nephew's lives and stuff. Kind of like Jesse was always getting that pull to like... I'm like 20-something years old. I want to go hang out with my friends and party and be this rocker and musician and stay up till all hours and all that and just hang out with girls and spend time with them and all that stuff. And the difference that I like between Shannon is just she has no real redeeming qualities in my eyes. Um, Pete Bianco, at least, from the... Um, the season three episode, I believe, Dr. Dare rides again. I'm just thinking, at least he told Jesse, he's like, I really admire what you have. You have a great life here. You're helping him raise three girls. You got an amazing girl that you're, woman that you're with. 
I might want, you know, he kind of like, maybe I might want that for myself one day. And he looks up to Jesse. So I, I, I like that. We, you know, he was just kind of Josh and, you know, Jesse at first, like making fun of him and stuff. He's like, he's just kidding around. He's not really, like, really slamming, like, oh, look at you, huh? Dr. Seuss, <laughs> you know? It's like, no, he, he's like, dude, I am envious of what you have. I'd like to have that myself one day. But Shannon is all about, no. Get out there and party and stay up till 6 a.m. and go to the clubs and DJ and this and that. And oh, you're in a cult. It's like, girl, what is wrong with you? You are not an influence, a good influence on Stephanie. All right, now we are back to the house. We got DJ sneaking into the living room as we see Ramona is fast asleep on one side of the couch and Tommy's on the other end. Wide awake, <laughs> sitting in his little bouncy chair. So DJ's like, oh, Ramona. Ramona wakes up and she immediately freaks out when she glimpses Tommy is not in his little bouncy seat on the couch. Like, oh my god, he's gone! Tommy, where are you? And DJ's like, oh, no, 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 Ramona. Tommy's right here. I have him. It's okay. So DJ kind of figures, like, look, we had some plumbing problems today. You might, would you know anything about that? At least Ramona is honest and she doesn't lie. I'm sorry, no, she does. Say, Tommy flushes diaper down the toilet. Oh, okay, so she does lie here. <laughs> I love this, how DJ just looks at Tommy like, oh, did he now? Tom, well, that was very poor judgment, Tommy. I was like, I hope you learned your lesson. And Ramona's like, oh, I, I think he did. He looks really sorry. This baby just... <laughs> Oh, I love his expressions. He's so cute. So she is like, no more jumping off your changing tray table, strolling across the floor, and slam dunking your diaper in the toilet. <laughs> oh, and vaulting up to the flusher. <laughs> now that's a picture I'd like to see. So it looks like it took a bit to get that toilet working as Kimmy and Hank come down, and she's going to go out to coffee with them. I'm like, sweet. That's really great. He looks like a sweetheart teddy bear of a man. Apparently, he, uh, Hank is not just a plumber, he's also an investment banker slash UFC heavyweight champion. I, I, I would believe the UFC heavyweight champion thing over the investment maker. I don't know why. It's always great to have a career and a hobby on the side. So now we move to Tommy's room as DJ is putting him down to Betty Bye and Stephanie comes back. So I'm going to play this clip. This does get super sad. This is where Stephanie reveals that at this point in time in the show, she found out she couldn't have children. And this is really sad because a lot of women, there are a number of women and couples that go through this kind of thing with the infertility where they find out that they can't have children. And I like that the show took this route that, because this is an issue that plagues a lot of women and a lot of couples. And I think that's great that they gave this character an issue that other people can relate to. Hey, Deej. Hey, what are you doing back so soon? Your text said you were going to Italy. Well, I was, but... I don't know, I got on the plane and everybody was already drunk and stupid. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I should just 
outgrown that whole party scene, you know? But you should have seen the emoji guy's face when I told him to turn his plane around. Something like this. <laughs> Hold on, you passed up Italy? I haven't used my passport in 10 years. And that was just to renew my passport. I don't know, I, I just got to thinking about everything I'd be missing here. You know, I already missed Max's first recital, and Jackson's gonna start dating soon. No, he's not. <laughs> and I definitely don't want to miss Tommy's first words, which we know are gonna be, I love you, Aunt Stephanie. <laughs> I can't believe I'm hearing this from you. I can't believe I'm saying it. But these kids, they've really snuck into my heart. Ooh, look who's getting sucked into the vortex of motherhood. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Steph, you all right? I'm fine. No, you're not. What's wrong? I really don't want to talk about it. Hey, whatever it is, you can tell me. I can't have children. Are you all right? I'm okay. You know, I I just found out a while ago it's just not gonna happen for me. Why didn't you tell me? I was in England. You know, you just lost your husband and you had enough going on. And I wasn't really thinking about starting a family then anyway. Then I moved in here, and I really got to know your kids. Feel what it was like to have a family of your own. Things changed. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, this breaks my heart. You should know that my kids are your kids, and we appreciate everything that you do. We love you. but that was our fourth hug in a minute. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm turning into dad. <laughs> so Stephanie mentions that she doesn't really think the party lifestyle is really for her anymore. You know, she got on that plane and everyone was already drunk. And um, the emoji guy, she told him to turn the plane around and he did that <laughs> with his little... Uh, finger antlers or whatever you want to call them. And DJ's like, wow, you passed up Italy? I haven't used my passport in 10 years. And that was just to renew my passport. So Stephanie tells her, it's like, well, I just got to thinking about everything I'd be missing here. And Stephanie's like, you know, I already missed Max's recital and Jackson's going to be starting dating soon. And DJ is like, uh, uh, no, he's not. <laughs> That boy is 12. He does not need to start dating anytime soon. I don't wear makeup, but I really love Stephanie's, like, purplish-blue eyeshadow. It's really, really pretty. And Stephanie's like, well, I definitely don't want to miss Tommy's first words, which I know are going to be, I love you, Aunt Stephanie. Aww. 
And DJ's surprised, like, wow, Steph, I, I can't believe I'm hearing this from you. I was like, yeah, because Stephanie, for the longest time now, has probably been the party girl who's off traveling the world and DJing. And Stephanie's like, yeah, I can't believe I'm saying it. And I love how she says, you know, these little guys just, they snuck into my heart. And I'm like, oh. DJ's like, oh, look who's getting sucked into the vortex of motherhood. And oh, boy, is that gonna, oh, it's right in the feels as Stephanie gets really serious. So, DJ realizes maybe she might have overstepped a little bit as Stephanie gets a little quiet. And DJ's like, Steph, are you okay? And Stephanie's like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. And DJ knows her sister's like, no, you're not. What's wrong? Stephanie's kind of putting a wall up, like, I really don't want to talk about it. And DJ's like, hey, whatever it is, you can tell me. And she looks at DJ, and, and she's, you know, tearing up while she says, I can't have children. And DJ right away goes in for a hug as she pulls her sister close. It's like, oh, Stephanie, I'm sorry. And DJ asks, well, are you alright? And Stephanie's like, well... I mean, I'm okay. I, I just found out a while ago. It's just not going to happen for me. But DJ, of course, was like, well, why didn't you tell me, Stephanie? And Stephanie found out probably right around the time that DJ lost her husband, Tommy. And um, it just wasn't the right time to bring it up with everything that she was going through. She wanted to be there for her sister. And Stephanie was in England at the time. And when DJ had lost her husband. And Stephanie mentioned, you know, at the time I really wasn't thinking about starting a family then anyway. So I'm wondering if, well, she must have had an inkling about it if, you know, because it's not like they're just going to do some routine examination and only to find out you can't have kids. I mean, she must have wanted to see if it was possible. Maybe she had been with somebody and she got the inkling, maybe I would like to eventually start a family, or yeah, maybe that's just it. She's like, probably thinking, I only have so much time, you know, as you get into your 30s and stuff, that window of procreation slowly is starting to close, um, especially once you get into your late 30s. And she probably wanted to see if she could indeed have children. And was probably told that she couldn't. This, um similar storyline was told on the show One Tree Hill and with the character Brooke Davis she found out in season 5 that she could not have children and she eventually you know she and her, her partner they got married her, her husband and they've been trying to get pregnant and that's when she found out that it's not going to happen for her um, they had used different methods and everything. I think maybe, maybe they went the IVF route. And eventually, towards the end of season eight, she ends up getting pregnant and having twins. So, and there are some, uh, YouTube couples out there I, I will watch that have been, had struggled with infertility for years. They went through IVF and stuff. Um, one couple that I have been well, you know, watching for a few years now, where finally, after years and years of trying and failing IVF, finally were successful. <coughs> and it's just, 
you watch these people, you know, go through these trials and tribulations of suffering, you know, miscarriages and, and these losses and failed attempts that when it finally happens, you just, you're happy for them. And we know in Fuller House, this, this happens, it works out for Stephanie. There are a couple hoops she has to jump through, but in the end, I love that even though Kimmy and Stephanie were kind of, they weren't friends in Full House, um, but Kimmy wants to do this for Stephanie because, of course, Kimmy had Ramona, so, you know, she can have a child. So she does that for Stephanie and, of course, her brother Jimmy. She carries you know, their baby for them. And at the end of season four, she has that baby. Stephanie ends up having a daughter. So we don't know what the baby's name yet is, but we'll find that out in season five when that eventually drops on Netflix. But just when I saw this for the first time, I teared up. It's like, oh no. You know, the fact that Stephanie couldn't have kids was just really hard and you know, I thought you know all three of the girls would be able to but then again everyone's body is different so some people's bodies just need a little extra you know medical help along the way to get there eventually you know you'll you'll get there if it's meant to be it's definitely it's gonna happen you, you just you don't get out give up you just keep you keep pushing you keep believing you keep hoping and praying and I think the baby bug kind of bit Stephanie again when she moved in and really got to know her nephews. Like, and she sees, you know, DJ being a mother and just realizing, like, I want that for Stephanie. Realize, I want that for me. I want that for myself. Although she knows her body at that moment is not able to you know, give her what she wants and produce what, what what she wants. So, I mean, I have no idea whether or not I could biologically have children. I've never tried for children. I know that at 37, if I were to have a child, I don't know how that would, you know, affect me and, you know, physically and mentally and stuff like that. But, uh, my, um, I have a cousin who just, I looked on their Facebook page and they are going to be having their second child, um, in next March. And I'm really happy for them. It's just every time like a family member, someone I know has like a baby on the way, it ignites this baby, semi baby fever in me. Like, oh gosh, I wish I could have I have that inkling if it's even only for a little while. Like, oh, I wish I could have a baby, but it's more the desire. Like, oh, if I, if it could be a possibility, that would be nice. But eventually that feeling does go away because babies are a lot of work. And I just kind of settled in into my own routine of being able to do what I want and, and this and that. And I just, I mean, I look at babies as just basically raising another life another person and it's a lot of responsibility I'm not saying that I couldn't do it but I think that we're, we're happy with the fur kids that we have you know with my cat Quinn with London who's just recently been fixed and he is 
been on the mend with that and my hamster Liesl who's going to be one in January so yeah we're, we're happy with with our fur babies so you know and I have my my four nieces and nephews um well two nephews two nieces so I've been able to spend time with them over the years and of course we do have Jeremy's niece and twin niece and nephews that are going to be five at the end of uh next january wow it's like where does the time go but and stephanie got to feel what it was like to have a family of your own it just yeah it's when things change and i guys i love this sisterly moment i love how even dj is tearing up and it's just stephanie is just delivering the most honest truth of her life and bearing her heart and her soul to her sister and dj again pulls stephanie in for a hug like oh, i'm so sorry steph you know dj sniffling this just breaks my heart and it did i bet it does I love this. This is sweet. As DJ says, but you should know that my kids are your kids. And DJ says, we appreciate everything that you do and we love you. Stephanie is like, not that I'm counting, but that was our fourth hug in a minute. And I love DJ's response. Yeah, <laughs> I'm turning into dad. <laughs> like, All right. Looks like the family's coming in here. Oh family moment. I love this. I'm going to play this clip. Stephanie! Stephanie! Hello. Stephanie! Hi! Hello! Hello! Why are you crying? <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm just really sad that I missed your first recital. Well, cheer up. Mom has it on her phone. You can watch it over and over and over again. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. Come on, bring it in. <laughs> oh. Oh, just in time. <laughs> hey, how was coffee with the plumber? Oh, it was great. Hank lives on the water in Sausalito in a cute little, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Houseboat? brings in everyone for a hug jackson and ramona and max and matt this boy he is so intuitive he picks up on aunt stephanie's emotions immediately like aunt stephanie why are you crying and she just says you know i'm just really sad that i missed your recital max is like that's okay mom got it on tv so or on her phone so you can watch it over and over and over again like oh cool Kimmy comes in as everyone's hugging, and DJ's like, well, how was your uh, coffee date with the plumber? And Kimmy's like, oh, it was really, really good. He's got this really cute, uh, what do you call it, in Sausalito, a, um, uh, Max is like, houseboat! And immediately, Kimmy shifts back into clucking and going, <laughs> and, uh, of course, the whole family there just says, boxcar, and boom snaps right out of it like good night everybody and guys that was the episode oh this was so cute we got a dose of goofiness we got some sadness we got we got it all we got so much so many fun moments from you know ramona flushing tommy's diaper to uh jackson telling max to picture you know the audience in their underwear so he has cosmo wear a pair of his little boxer shorts while he's playing uh 
the trumpet or the trombone I'm sorry oh my goodness the whole mix up with the plumber situation and the dating site um Hank such a sweetheart and Tyler was he was kind of cool he was a little uh, not all there but uh, he was a cute one um did not care for Shannon we didn't even see Fernando at all this episode now that I think about it um Lesson learned from the episode. I'm just going to say just if somebody you find out they can't have kids, just be supportive and just listen. I really don't know if saying I'm sorry, I mean, it's what you want to say, but maybe sometimes whether or not that's even the best thing to say maybe doesn't help. I don't know. Um, Another thing is... Nowadays, sometimes when you miss things, luckily enough, we have our phones. They can take video. I know it's not the same thing as being there, but uh, um, also do not flush diapers down the toity. That is, if there's a changing table in that bathroom, there had to be a diaper pail. So, relatable, I'm going to go with Ramona. I'm sure I've told this diaper story um, when it comes to my oldest nephew when he was little and I was changing his diaper, you know those, like, plastic tabs that you have to take, like, the, um, the backing off of? Um, I had accidentally gotten it, like, stuck to his, his stomach, and I was, like, trying to pull on it, but it was also, like, uh, pulling on the skin, and I was, like, calling my grandma, because I was, like, 13 at the time and I really like frazzled like I don't know what to do and eventually I did get it off it wasn't a big deal or anything but uh I just like I don't know no I think I was 14 at the time but even still it's like I not encountered that and I was like I don't want to hurt him <laughs> for most relatable character as far as for um outfits Max and his little vest and bow tie adorable and I want to go for <laughs> Cosmo in those little boxer shorts. That was cute, too. He's runner-up. Um, as far as for worst... Um, Shannon in that crop top looking frilly bra thing she was wearing. I didn't like that. But then again, I didn't really care for Shannon either. So, yeah. The girl who plays Shannon, Sasha Jackson, was actually in a few episodes of um, One Tree Hill. She played Kylie Frost, who I'm guessing was dating, she was like a model or something that was dating the character Clay, who if you watch One Tree Hill, Clay is Nathan's sports agent. She is a British actress, okay. I also wanted to give a book recommendation here. It's entitled The Best at It. It's by, I think it's Malik Penchaloy. I most likely have mispronounced that. That bo- This book actually did come out October 8th of this year. And I'm listening to it as an audiobook. It's really, really good. From actor Malik Penchaloy. I gotta check. I gotta check that out comes an incredibly charming, heartfelt, middle-grade debut about Rahul Kapoor, a gay Indian-American boy coming into his own in a small town in the Midwest. Rahul Kapoor is headed in, heading into 7th grade in a small town in India. Or Indiana, guys, I'm so sorry. Um, the start of middle school is making him feel increasingly anxious, so his favorite person in the whole world, his grandfather, 
ba bahai bahi i think it's bai b h i e gives him well-meaning advice find one thing you're really good at and become the best at it those four little words sear themselves into rahul's brain while he's not quite sure what that special thing is he is convinced that once he finds it bullies like brent mason will stop torturing him at school and he won't be worried about starring staring too long at his classmate justin emery with his best friend chelsea by his side rahul is ready to crush this challenge but what if he discovers he isn't the best at anything funny charming and incredibly touching this is a story about friendship family and the courage to take it takes to live your truth this is such a good book i'm really really enjoying it um rahul is really trying to find out what he can be good at like better than anybody he even cries out for the football team, even though he's not really athletic at all. He and Chelsea like to hang out and do, like, uh, dance parties and stuff like that. He even um, tries to audition for a bank commercial. And Chelsea luckily goes into the audition. She says, I'm his acting coach. And she goes into the audition with him, and they straight up discriminate against Rahul saying you're not what we're looking for see this family this man and woman they have blonde hair and we're looking for basically a blonde haired white kid and they full on discriminate and he doesn't really say anything about it but the fact that Chelsea speaks up for him like that is discrimination and Eventually, Chelsea is the one that admits to Rahul's parents, like, no, they flat out discriminated against him because he's not white. And his mother gets so angry that she goes to the bank after closing time and there's just a cleaning person there. And she's like banging on the door wanting to be let in, but he doesn't hear her. And then um, she gets a hold of the bank. And they end up sending her a letter like the president of the bank does. Says, oh, we didn't discriminate and blah, 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 blah. So the family ends up taking their money out of that bank. Like, we're not going to bank there. You're not going to be our bank anymore. Like, good. I mean, I doubt that really made a difference. But even still, it's like, no. If someone discriminated against my kid, if I had a kid, I would definitely be like, I'm going to a different bank. The thing is, even if you wanted to pursue legal action, it's like, how would you be able to really prove it even though you did have another per person witness this but um yeah Rahul is just like yeah I want to be you know on the football team because um uh, that bully Brent person saw Rahul like looking at Justin one day and like oh are you you know gay or this and that and he's like if you don't try out for football I'm gonna tell Justin that you like him and this and that and it's just like oh my goodness so of course Rahul tries out and he has to do like 20 push-ups and run around the track like twice and this this poor dude I mean he's trying to be good at something he really resists joining like the mathletes club because he doesn't want to be seen as a nerd because it's like him and one other Indian kid are the only one in this small Indiana town 
But he finally, you know, the teacher kind of like, you really could join, you're really, really good at math, we could really use you, and we could take the team to state this year. Because uh, every year they lose to another competing school. And I really like his little brother. His little brother is just adorable. And um, the scene where, before they even go to the audition, <laughs> um, they're like down in the basement, like Chelsea's helping him take like headshots and stuff like this. And he ends up like kind of messing with the picture, like with Photoshop, and he makes it look really, really weird. And she's like, here, let me put a little bit of foundation on your face. Like before they, you know, he leaves school to go to the audition, his mom picks him up. And she puts, goes to the boys' bathroom with him and puts this caked on foundation to make, you know, it's not the right skin tone. And, of course, who walks into the bathroom but Brent? And it's like, oh, you're wearing makeup? It's just, oh my gosh, this, this poor guy. And also, there is a side plot of this um, international, intercultural, bizarre thing that um, the aunties that aren't really, you know, related, but they're all, um, the women come together and they put on this big show of different cultures, you know, different foods and stuff. And Rahul says, you know, it's really lame. Every year there's only like three or four other countries other than the ones you're, they're representing, um, the Indian culture and stuff like that. So... This is just such a fun book, and I really, really, I'm enjoying it. Another book that I just finished, it's actually part of the last book in a trilogy, it's called The Perfect Star, which is the last book in the series of, the first book is The Perfect Score, and the second one is The Perfect Secret. It's by, and I realized when I listened to the audiobook, I was pronouncing this author's last name wrong, and I feel terrible about it. It's not Baya, because it's B-U-Y-E-A. It's actually Bouye. And I I mean, obviously whoever is narrating is going to know the correct pronunciation of the author's last name. So it's Rob Bouye. He also wrote the um, Because of Mr. Trupped series. So I'm going to read the synopsis for The Perfect Star. And let me just say that this book ended beautifully. Just the a really great conclusion to this series i really would love if we get to see these kids in high school it's told from uh many many uh different kids point of views we got gavin natalie trevor randy scott so five different kids point of view and in the first book they were in sixth grade the second one they were in seventh grade now they're in their final year of junior high in eighth grade so Return to Lakeview Middle School in the third book of the Perfect Score series from the beloved author of Because of Mr. Trupped, eighth grade promises to be an unforgettable year of tears, laughter, surprises, and star power. Gavin's days of football glory have arrived, but an accident on the home front upends his family. Ever enterprising Natalie anchors a morning news broadcast at school where she's afraid to tackle big issues. 
Being on the outs with his best friend sucks, but the more Trevor tries to patch things up, the worse things get. Sidelined with a gymnastics injury, Randy develops a bad attitude and worries that her mom's new boyfriend means changes she won't like. Scott discovers hidden talents and becomes a secret weapon on and off the football field. It's the final year of middle school, a time to play hard, smart, and together. Oh my god, this this book, guys, if you have not read this series, you, you need to get on it, because it was amazing. The narrators, there's multiple narrators of these books for each character, which is great, because it really helps differentiate the tones and the characters and everything. Um, they're great audiobooks. If you guys are going, if you're going on a trip somewhere, and you got, you know, young kids from ages like maybe 8 to 12, 13, 14. These are the books to listen to. They're only about 7 or 8 hours. They're not hugely long. But yeah, I really highly recommend these books. So, alright, that being said, I hope you enjoyed Mad Max. I, like I said, I really enjoyed this episode. And let's all wish Elias Harger a happy birthday today. Alright, bye-bye everybody.